What's up, everyone? Bleacher Seats Podcast, your host, Garrett Galladay, coming to you tonight. Before we get too far into today's March Madness odds, your predictions, all that, make sure to follow us on Instagram, bleacher underscore seats underscore podcast, and then on Twitter, at Podcast. So, Selection Sunday, but let's quick do a rundown of today's events. Uh, big news lately, out of the last couple hours, Tom Brady coming back for another season. He will be 45 when the season kicks off. Looking to see if he can run it back. We'll see what Gronk does. They got their wide receiver core back for the most part. I know they have a couple holes in the offensive line to fill in through free agency with some retirees and whatnot. So we'll see what he can do coming back from that. KD dropping 53 tonight while Kyrie looks on from the side, not even the sidelines, from the general public seats. So they beat the Knicks tonight. Not a surprise there, but KD dropping 53. Some NCAA tournament scores from today, finishing up conference tournaments. We had Yale beating Princeton to get to the tournament. Texas A&M losing to Tennessee. Richmond upsetting Davidson. Both of those teams will be in the playoffs. We'll dip into how that affects everything later on in the next couple episodes. Uh, Houston beating Memphis for the American Athletic to punch their bid. And Iowa upsetting Purdue for the Big Ten. So those are the final tournament scores for the conference championship week. And brackets came out today, so we're going to dive into that. What we'll probably do with it is over the next day or two, break down each uh, region, west, east, south, midwest, go through game by game as far as the first round matchups and then walk our way through the bracket, see what upsets we like, see who we think is going to come out of the region, and we'll go from there. So tonight we're going to start with the west region, the number one overall seed, Gonzaga. This is a team coming in on the year 26-3. and three. They've been top five almost all year. No surprise, a couple of big wins against Texas, UCLA, Texas Tech, St. Mary's. They did slip up a couple times with Bama and Duke. Um, we'll see. Those are two big tournament teams, but also UCLA and Texas Tech making the tournaments the teams they beat. They have averaging five players in double digits all year. Anytime you get numbers like that, there's not many NCAA teams who have those numbers. Chet Holmgren, the freshman, putting up 14 points, 9 rebounds. Drew Time, 17 points, 6 rebounds. Just an overall solid team this year. So looking to bounce back from the heartbreak last year of losing Baylor, they will face the number 16 seed Georgia State Panthers out of the Sun Belt. Winners of 10 straight games to punch their ticket to the tournament. Um... Their one downfall this year was probably having five games canceled due to COVID. Uh, so that probably hurt them as far as seeding. We'll have to see if they can keep their hot streak going. Um, Corey Allen averaging 14 points a game. The guard, not too many big wins out of them. They lost to Richmond, Virginia, or Georgia Tech, and Mercer. Only major wins came in conference with Louisiana and Appalachian State. I look for Gonzaga to run away with this game down the second half. They might get it top to bottom, but the spread will be something to keep an eye on. It'll probably be around mid-20s, around 25, I think it would push. We'll see what the 
Georgia State betters can push it down to, but Gonzaga should run away with this one pretty easily. So they will face the winner of Boise State versus Memphis. Um, I like Boise State to win this game. Winners of the Mountain West Conference. They've came in riding a pretty good streak right now. Uh, as far as what they've done, they rank in the top 40 of defensive rebounding. But their one downfall, I guess you could say, is their free throw shooting. They're in the bottom half of the NCAA. Whereas the Memphis Tigers come in with a top five offensive rebounding team, but they also turn the ball over a lot. They're in the 19% of turnover percentage. So non-conference games, Memphis is number 68 with their schedule. As far as power rankings go, I look for Memphis to still try to push the ball, but at the end of the day, I would not be surprised if Boise State came away with this game by at least five points, um, maybe more. I just think that top to bottom, Boise State's had the tougher road to get here, better competition. So Boise State should be the fill-in for this part against the Gopal Gonzaga. Next up, we'll switch over to the this is the five first twelve matchup: UConn versus New Mexico State. Uh, I like UConn here in this game. Not much to be done with. 13 and 6 in the conference for UConn. 23 and 9. Big wins over Auburn this year. Um, Grambling. Uh, they lost to Villanova in the tournament, but they beat Villanova in the regular season. Losses also to Villanova in the regular season again. They beat Butler twice. Nothing impressive there. Lost to Michigan State. That's a little concerning, um, but down the stretch here lately, UConn's looked pretty good. I don't really think that they'll have too much to worry about. Now, that's not to say New Mexico State is a slouch. They come in winning the WAC conference, uh, run through that conference 14-4 overall, 26-6, led by uh, Teddy Allen, 19 points a game. So they're scheduled this year. That's why I think this is a win for UConn. Not many big wins. They beat New Mexico, split with New Mexico, beat Davidson early in the year. But coming down the stretch, they struggled a little bit before the conference tournament with losses to Chicago State and Stephen F. Austin. Got hot at the right time. Conference tournament did what they've done all year in their conference. Gets to the, the big tournament. I still like Yukon uh, here. Not a big surprise. We'll see what they bring to the table. So I would pencil in Yukon. Now, moving to the 4 versus 13 game Arkansas versus Vermont. Arkansas coming in off a very hot stretch in the SEC tournament. Uh, made it pretty, pretty far. Lost to Texas AM in the semifinals, beat LSU. Um, Back and forth the last couple of games, beat LSU, lose to Tennessee, beat LSU, lose to AM, but they beat Kentucky before that. So, overall, this team's coming in averaging 77 points per game, led by uh, JD Nate with 18 points per game and 3.7 assists per game. Overall, good year for Arkansas 13 and 5, 25 and 8. 
not an impressive non-conference schedule, which is something to be concerned from. Uh, looking at it right now, played Mercer, Gardner, Webb, Northern Iowa, Kansas State, Cincinnati, Penn. So nothing really stands out <clears throat> as far as that front. Then you get to the SEC play, and that's where, obviously, most of their big wins have came against. They beat Auburn early in the year, I think, when they were ranked number one, but then lost the next game to Bama, and then it was very inconsistent from there on out. So I think that if you're looking at this one, Vermont comes in not an impressive schedule overall, 28-5, and 17-1 in conference, but... The wins aren't there. They don't have the major wins. They beat Yale, Northern Iowa, lost at Maryland, lost at Providence. Uh, uh, Ryan Davis, senior forward, coming in averaging 17 points and five rebounds. And Ben Shungu, the guard, averaging 16 points. The one thing that makes me curious about this game is that Vermont won all three of their conference tournament games by 30-plus points. It doesn't matter if you are Division Two, Division One, or high school. If you do that, you're onto something. You're peaking at the right time, and it's something to be noted. So to think Arkansas is going to come in and run all over this team, I would not expect that at all. I think Vermont puts up a very good fight here. I would even, I think I'm even leaning towards Vermont in this game. Um, definitely with the spread, I'm taking Vermont. Whatever it may be, it'll probably come out at 12-plus points. But as far as right now, I think I would pencil Vermont in as my first upset of this region. Moving on to Alabama at the 8th seed, playing the play-in winner of the 11 seeds, Rutgers versus Notre Dame. Bama coming in 19-13 overall. Disappointing year from how they started. I know they would have liked to finish better. They beat Gonzaga earlier in the year. They beat Houston earlier in the year. Beat Tennessee, but then they had some rough losses at Davidson, at Iona early in the year, then at Missouri, at Auburn. Or at Missouri versus Auburn Mississippi State. So a little inconsistency down the stretch from Bama. Very disappointing SEC tournament for them as well. Losing to Vanderbilt. So they are on a three-game losing streak. We'll have to see how they bounce back. Uh, I know anytime you get into the tournament, things can happen with these players. Jaden Shackleford leading the way with 16.7 points per game. This Bama team, though, is averaging 80 points per game, which is 14th in the NCAA. So that's something that should be noted. They'll score. They'll score often. They'll score quick. As far as Rutgers versus Notre Dame, we'll just Breeze past that prediction. We'll go. Notre Dame's going to win that game. When you talk Notre Dame this year, finished second in the ACC. Very overlooked team to be a play-in team. They finished tied with Notre Dame, North Carolina in the ACC, but one of those teams that doesn't really have many marquee victories. They beat Kentucky early in the year, but lost versus Indiana. Losses at Illinois versus A&M, versus St. Mary's. So, very inconsistent this year. They got hot down the middle of the season. They beat Texas A&M Corpus Christi, who is a uh, tournament team. But at the same time, just not the overall strength of, strength of wins you would like for a tournament team to upset. 
Um, they do have a good guard, averaging 14.5 points per game. Do I think they could push Alabama? Yes, they can push Alabama, but at the end of the day, I think Alabama's too fast of a team to for Notre Dame to keep up with for the whole stretch of 40 minutes after playing a playing game. So I think we'll have to go with Bama in this game. Maybe by seven, might be a little closer. This could come down to the wire. I could see it being within one to three points. Next, we'll go to our three versus 14 game, Texas Tech versus Montana State. Texas Tech coming out of the Big 12, 25 and nine, 12 and six overall. Couple big wins over, a lot of big wins actually over Tennessee, Kansas, Baylor, Iowa State, Texas. Pretty solid wins, losses against Providence, Gonzaga, Kansas State, Oklahoma State. So some of those losses you say, okay, fair enough. Kansas State, Oklahoma State, makes you scratch your head, but long, long college basketball year. So Bryson Williams coming in with that team, averaging 13.7 points per game versus a Montana State team coming out of the Big Sky Championship. 27 and 7 overall, 16 and 4. Uh, Xavier Bishop averaging 14 points per game, 4.3 assists. Uh, they're rebounding as a team, 35 rebounds per game, 200th in the NCAA, 13 assists per game, good for 192nd in the NCAA. No real consistency from this team, um, no real strength of wins. This would truly be a, one of the Cinderella matchups to where if Montana State wins, you go, oh, how could I miss that game? But at the same time, there's nothing on paper to say Texas Tech should get the upset. Texas Tech has too many, has played too much, too many good opponents to lose a game like this. So I think in this game we'll have to strongly lean towards Texas Tech here. I think the spread might be a little on the low side due to the 13 versus 4 or the 14 versus 3 seedings in the late years where upsets have happened. But as far as this one goes, Texas Tech should walk away with this one pretty easily. Let's move down the line to the Michigan State versus Davidson matchup. Michigan State coming in as the 7 seed against the 10 seed Davidson coming off that tough loss to Richmond in their conference championship, probably costing Davidson probably at least a spot. They probably would have been a 9 or an 8 seed coming in. Uh, very inconsistent Michigan State team this year. 11-9 and nine in the Big Ten, 12-12, and 22-12 overall, I'm sorry. Losses to Kansas, losses at Baylor, reverse Baylor, Northwestern, Illinois, some tough losses in there. Lost to Purdue in the Big Ten Championship. Some good wins overall. Some good wins as overall. Beat Wisconsin at Wisconsin. Uh, beat Purdue. Not much else I'm seeing. They beat Michigan State. Michigan once this year. Beat Loyola. Beat UConn. So, overall, you never know what you're going to get out of the, this Michigan State team going up against a Davidson team who... Up until I guess Selection Sunday, right when it mattered the most, had been pretty dominant in their league, um, 27 and six overall, 15 and three in the A10 standings. Some good overall scheduling this year from them. Beat Pennsylvania, beat Bama. Uh, they had a VCU game postponed, but they beat Richmond once. Beat Virginia Commonwealth again. Uh, lost to Rhode Island there in the middle of the year. Lost to Dayton and then lost to Richmond. Coming in, they averaged 76 points a game. 
They are terrible at rebounds, though, 280th in the country. But they're led by Foster Lawyer at 16.6 a game. This is a game that is probably going to be a pick em for most people. I know you look at it and say, Michigan State, Tom Izzo, can he get back to his winning track? 4-8 and eight versus the top 25 for Michigan State, 1-0 and oh for Davidson. Not much to look at there. I think at the end of the day, this is going to be a pick em. I would lean towards Michigan State here, but something tells me Davidson is going to pull the upset. We always have that 7-10 upset, so I am taking Davidson to beat Michigan State and move on to the second round. And then we'll finish up these first-round matchups in the West region with probably one of the most talked-about teams in the NCAA the last couple months. The number two seed, Duke Blue Devils, taking on Cal State Fullerton. Duke coming in rough, rough end of the year, 28-6 overall, 16-4 in their conference. A lot of people are going to talk about the last couple games of their season. Lost to Virginia Tech in the ACC tournament. Barely beat Miami. Barely beat Syracuse. Lost to North Carolina at the last game of this Coach K's final home game. Um, if you look at their schedule overall, they beat North Carolina earlier, beat Notre Dame. Not too many high-quality wins, though, for this team. Beat Appalachian State, who I know didn't win their conference tournament, but was still a strong team, made the tournament last year. They beat Gonzaga very earlier in the year, but followed it up with a loss to an inconsistent Ohio State team. Um, Paolo Banchero coming in at 17 points per game. This is a team that scores 80 points per game, 12th in the NCAA, uh, 16.9 assists per game, 16th in the NCAA. A very talented Duke team but a very inconsistent due team as of late. Luckily for them, they get Cal State Fullerton. Uh, this is a team coming in out of the Big West. They finished second in the Big West, but ended up getting in for the winning the Big Ten tournament. Come, led by AJ, EJ Anoski with 16.5 points per game. They averaged 70 points per game, but not a good, very strong rebounding team. 33.5 per game, good for 324th in the NCAA. No real big wins for this team this year, but they did what they had to do to get into the tournament. Uh, I don't think there's going to be much to talk about with this one. As much as we all like to say Duke loses these big games, Duke should run away with this one pretty easily. Would not be surprised Cal State Fulton doesn't have any top 25 games this year they are allowing 66 points per game uh, versus a Duke team that scores 80 I look for Duke to be able to get their way with this Duke probably by 15 plus let Coach K live to see another day and we'll see how he does in the rest of the tournament to kind of make up for how the last month of his career has gone so that is going to do it for the first round of the brackets in the in the West. Um, just to recap, we have as our second round matchup: Gonzaga versus Boise State, UConn versus Vermont, Bama versus Texas Tech, and Davidson versus Duke. Before we dive into these second round matchups, make sure to follow us on Instagram, Bleacher underscore Seats underscore Podcast, and on Twitter at B Seats Podcast. We will be doing the South tomorrow night. Maybe the East tomorrow night, too, and then finishing up with the Midwest. 
region by region breakdown will conclude after we do the Midwest with our final four and then our tournament championship picks. So let's dive into the second round matchup, Gonzaga versus Boise State. This is still one of those times where Gonzaga is going to be pressed a little bit, but having five players score in double digits, average every game, too much for Boise State. Boise State's a very good team. I honestly think if Boise State would have slipped under into a different, maybe down to the 11 seed even, I think they would be in the Sweet 16. But having to play the number one overall seed, sometimes you don't get that lucky. So we have the Gonzaga moving on to the Sweet 16. Next with UConn and Vermont. This was our upset from the first round. We had Vermont coming in, riding the hot streak of the three straight games plus 30 points in the conference tournament, led by Ryan Davis and Ben Shungu, two seniors. You always got to look for these senior-led teams in the tournament. Um, they just know how to stay calm when the pressure's on. UConn, once again, some big wins, some big losses. I think at the end of the day, UConn is the more battle-tested team. UConn is the team that should win this game. But for the sake of the tournament, I think Vermont comes through. A little Cinderella before they play Gonzaga. I'm picking Vermont. Uh, UConn's going to be a strong pick there. I don't think you can go wrong. If you're in a big-time bracket pool, it's worth trying to get those points from Vermont because... I don't see either team being Gonzaga, so if you're looking at a possible toss-up, should I gamble and try to get an extra point or two? I would take Vermont just because UConn's going to be the high pick. A lot of people won't even have Vermont, so we'll have Gonzaga versus Vermont in my bracket. Now let's go to Bama versus Texas Tech. This comes back to the inconsistency of Bama throughout the season. Mostly the later second half of the year, Texas Tech, just too many good quality opponents to Bama, like as far as wins. So I think, I mean, when you look at Texas Tech's loss, you have Gonzaga as a one seed, a couple slip-ups in the middle of the year, but they beat two other one seeds in this tournament. Texas Tech, too battle-tested, too tough, too many points per game that they can score. Um, we're going to take Texas Tech over Bama into the Sweet 16. Davidson versus Duke. Let's let's pump the brakes on this one. This is going to be a heavy, heavy upset. I think a lot of people in their brackets are going to go with Duke in this matchup. Rightfully so. Duke's been very inconsistent. I think that you're not wrong by wanting to take Duke Davidson in this one, but the athletic skills that Duke possesses, I think when the lights come on right now in this region... Duke is going to walk away with this game. Davidson's going to hang tough, but they have also been inconsistent down the stretch. We're going to take Duke in this one. Just something about final players or final coaches in their final year. You always see them shine through when the lights are the brightest. So we'll take Duke in this one. Leaving us with a Sweet 16 matchup of Gonzaga versus Vermont and Texas Tech versus Duke. We'll kick it off with Gonzaga versus Vermont. Uh, Cinderella's not going to per persevere in this one. I like Gonzaga in this one a lot. 
Vermont just too too little. I mean, the, just the overall size of Gonzaga and how they rebound and how they play down low with the new age players that they have like Chet Holmgren and then to average the points they get out of time. It's just too much for them. Vermont, good run. It's going to end there for the Sweet 16 for them. Gonzaga onto the Elite Eight. Duke versus Texas Tech. This game is probably going to be one of the best games of the tournament. I like Duke a lot in this game. I like Texas Tech a lot in this game. That makes no sense. But at the same time, both of these teams can score when they want. Both of these teams can play defense when they want. Will they do that in this game? We don't know. I think as far as I'm right now, I think we have to look at Texas Tech as a strong, strong play for this one. But I am rolling with the Duke Blue Devils. We are going to go and chalk here as far as the Elite Eight matchup goes. As one versus two, so cliche. But in this region of all, um, I don't think that either Texas Tech or Duke would beat Gonzaga. So if you want to go in and put Texas Tech in there to try to get some squeeze-out picks, get an extra, I think that would be probably, in most brackets, that's probably a six-point game if you win on. So if you want to go Texas Tech, it's a strong pick. Strong pick. I just think Duke going into Coach K's final run here is going to make as much, is going to defend the Alamo as much as possible, let's say. Uh, I like Duke over Texas Tech leaving us an Elite Eight matchup of Duke versus Gonzaga. We will not be giving away our Final Four pick out of this region just yet. All of those will happen after the Midwest region. So for tonight, that's going to do it. Hopefully you guys tune in for the rest of the three uh, regions, the South tomorrow, then the East, then the Midwest. Might be able to knock out the South and the East in two separate ones tomorrow night. But exciting day tomorrow for everyone. Fill out your brackets. Let me know. Hit us up on Instagram and Twitter. Twitter at Seats Podcast. Instagram Bleacher underscore Seats underscore Podcast. Let us know what you think. Um, DM us if you want to have a March Madness bracket poll. If we get enough people, maybe we'll throw one together. Um, hit us up and let us know. Hopefully you guys find this entertaining and helpful. And that's it for tonight.